0: So let's shimmy on over and get started. I am so looking forward to today's chat with my gorgeous friend, Kate Halfpenny. Kate is just the gift from last year that I wasn't expecting. Uh, she's just such a beautiful person and I'm so excited to have her in my life. And I hope you don't mind me saying this, Kate, but you're a little bit like Reese Peanut Butter Cups for me. That. <laughs> And the reason being like my life was great before I had my first peanut butter cup. But when I had my first one, it just became so much richer and sweeter and just so delicious. So you're my Reese peanut butter cup of my life. We've only known each other for less than a year. We met through our mutual friend, Tori. I don't know if you remember, but at that luncheon and you and I, I just, there was probably 20 or 30 women on the, it was a virtual lunch, and there was probably 20 or 30 women, and you just stood out for me, and I remember you messaged me through that catch-up, and we were like, almost like little bits of naughty schoolgirls messaging in the background, and it's just been so beautiful, and I could go on forever and ever, but I want our guests to
1: meet you, so welcome, welcome Kate. Oh, Catherine, is this how you usually welcome your guests, by making them feel a bit teary? Because yeah. <laughs> it's a good tactic, isn't it, to take <laughs> someone off guard and you've achieved it. You you yeah. skillful interviewer. you. Thank you so much. I am w- so thrilled to be your Reese's Peanut Butter Cup. That makes you my Cadbury Peppermint Dairy Milk, I have oh, to say. Oh, yay. Yes, yes. yes that's yes. the equivalent. Yes. But yeah, no, you're, you are absolutely beautiful. I'm so thrilled to be doing this chat with you today. And, of course, that little story about how we met. Like, I think I reached out to you, first of all, I, because I was looking at all the faces like the Brady Bunch, you know, set up on the screen, yeah. and I thought, who is that woman with that incredible hair and that enormous, fantastic smile, oh, and you me. just look like the coolest kid going around, which I think is what I said to you on the chat. Yeah, you, you did. Said, who you are did. you? And yeah, it's been so lovely getting to know you over the last, I want to say like 10 months.
0: I certainly know that it's not been a year when we caught up. So we had that luncheon and then we had a coffee catch up. You're in Victoria. I'm in Canberra. So we did an online coffee catch up. And for me, that just felt like catching up with an old girlfriend that I've been forever. And it was just beautiful. That was so cool.
1: And then, of course, it led to a meeting at an airport hotel in Canberra when I flew in, flew out to have my Botox done. Yes. Yes. It was like a sort of secret squirrel hot date where we literally met at the bar at an airport hotel to say hi. And I was really nervous thinking, am I going to like you as much in real life as I do virtually and on the phone? And I didn't, so... It was a <laughs> huh. Of course, I did. <laughs> I went home feeling and looking. Well, I looked a bit bashed up with my Frankenstein bruises from the fresh Botox, but I felt really great inside. You look gorgeous. You look gorgeous. Thanks. Yeah, now you look gorgeous. That was good, and it was.
0: And we've met since then again in person. And I do want to just do a shout out, Henry, my son. Henry moved to Melbourne at the beginning of this year, and you and Sadie, your daughter, was so beautiful that Sadie was the like helped Henry to settle into Melbourne and you helped me to settle into my baby moving away from home and that was just such a just so reassuring because we're empty nesters John and I are empty nesters now are you
1: an empty nester I am and so I think that that was part of why I wanted to you know support you at that time because for me empty nesting was so much harder than I thought it was going to be. You know, we hear a lot about how it's an incredible experience. You get your life back and you get your time back and it's just you and your partner or it's just you and your books, whatever it looks like. But for me, in reality, it was really devastating, Catherine. I felt like... A rat was eating my heart, and that I was going to have to go to hospital. I felt so devastated, and not much is said around that. You know, there's there's not much information for parents at that time in life, and you feel a bit churlish saying, "I don't really want this. I wanted to turn the clock back ten years." You know, you feel it's as if you're ungrateful for it. Yeah, so it's kind of hard to say
0: it. I found it very because I've got two kids, and Ellie is my eldest, and she'd been she'd moved out of home and was with her partner Nikki they'd moved out of home they were moving away I think a week after Henry was moving to Melbourne and Henry had been living at home before he moved to Melbourne he'd sort of been in and out of home but exactly when you said it feels like a rat eating your heart it was just this I want my kids to be with me forever even though I don't but it was just this whole I was sad. I was just really, really gut wrenchingly sad and still, God, I try and get through without crying. But, but anyway, we're coming to Melbourne. We're coming to Melbourne to, to visit Henry and Elle's up visiting now. So it's beautiful. It's a different dynamic. Yeah.
1: Yeah. It is, but it's such a, it is one of those changes that catches you by surprise. You know, there's others during our life that have big red signposts that go with Mm -hmm. them. So we expect perimenopause yeah. you know we expect death we expect disaster but yeah that emptiness thing it's sold to us as being something incredible and you know what it is it yeah. really is. Yes. But there, there is definitely a melancholy feeling that goes with it whether it is wow well, where did all that time go you know with my I have three who are all in their 20s but their dad and I always said to them well we moved out of home at 18 it was the best fun yes. we ever had yes. you should do it too and of course, they all did, which was the heartbreaking part about it. They all sort of packed up and left, and we have had them coming back in, you know as they do. They come back poor from overseas, or they've had a heartbreak or they're between rentals or whatever it is, yeah. so they do pop back in but yeah that I mean, on the whole, the acceptance is now that that part of your life is finished, and I think for me, the big change there and i'd I'd love to hear what it was like for you was really and I don't mean this to sound you know poor me it was really like what is my role now because Absolutely. you know even yeah. though I had had good jobs while the kids were were growing up you know like I was always a professional working mum I think that work was my hobby really yeah, 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 yeah. Um, with no disrespect to my beautiful employers that I've had but it felt like the real job was raising the children and raising the family and once that was gone it was like who am I yeah. what do I do and that sort of coincided for me with a odd professional period as well. So it was that double turmoil. So did you did you feel that? You felt felt that
0: absolutely, yeah. Yeah. I with my kids, I was very, very conscious about raising independent kids. Like I've been very conscious. And Elle, I think she was fourteen, maybe fifteen, she wanted to go on a student exchange to Italy. And I know she might've been about 12 and I'm going, "Mm -hmm, I think you're a little bit too young for that. But she went when she was 15 and she lived overseas. And I remember girlfriends of mine said, how can you let her go? I'm going, how could I not? This is just such a beautiful experience. So I've been very conscious about raising independent kids, but far out Kate, like when they're independent, it's like, Oh, I wish I didn't. (laughs) There's a part of me. I really, and that, that establishing what is my role? In parenting you now, like they're adults, they're peers. I'm still their mum, but it's a different relationship. And I think I'm still navigating that, in all honesty. I really think I'm still navigating that.
1: So how does that look for you then? I mean, I'm not one of these women who think that I am my children's best friend. No, I've always shied no, away from that. No, Although certainly when they were younger, you know, like I, I that was not my parenting style at all. No. You know, I, I had really clear boundaries. We actually never had rules in my house growing up. There was just sort of expected codes of behavior yes, um, yes, that they were to follow. Yes, so yes. I wasn't a dictatorial parent, but I really had firm boundaries and they knew how to yes, behave. Same. Yeah, so now, you know, like I, I don't, I don't, I see them as, it's more than friends, it's better than friends, yeah. but it's not friends. I'm still there, I hope to guide them. Yes. Although, God knows, I've made so many mistakes. <laughs> but you know what? Yeah. I, that, I, <laughs> I've never made none. Made, we'll do that. We'll get on to that next. Actually, I do want to ask next. you that. But yeah, I, you a, know what? <laughs> I hope that that's what they're looking for. They're looking at the at yeah. the missteps and seeing them as learning experiences, and and also something that you can recover from. You know, it's about resilience, yeah. I suppose. Yeah. And, yeah. Trying not to fuck up next time.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And for me, when you said, "What does that look like?"
1: Hmm.
0: I'm conscious about boundaries and i don't get involved i'm, I'm certainly there as a, a sounding board i don't tell them what to do i've never told them what to do and I, i'm just conscious about you know sharing pearls of wisdom but letting them live their own lives mm-hmm. um yeah i oh. don't interfere i don't interfere or meddle or I, I don't, no, I don't think I do.
1: You see, I have to really hold back on my meddling because I'm one of those, that says, I'm the natural <laughs> Mrs. Mangle who wants to say, do this, do that, this is how this it, it really would be better if you just listen to me. Yeah. But I've had to. Well, you know what, Jack's nearly. Well, he's 29. So 29 years of parenting yeah. has taught me that that does not work. And you know, it's not just with kids. It's with everybody. You know, a couple of years ago, I, I learned that you should never ever give life advice. Like that's yeah. not what you're yeah. here to do. It's yeah. more about just that whole giving support and whatever. So I've had to rein in my natural tendencies. I mean, the kids, one in particular, my middle son, Felix, rings me a lot. He was the kid who, growing up, you know, would often say to me, you know, nothing, you don't know anything, you don't understand anything. Yeah. Um, and now he's my beautiful joy of my heart who rings me a lot. What for, Should I buy a stick vacuum cleaner? You know, nice. yeah, where is the best place to buy blah, blah, blah? Um, nice. What should I do about this? Yeah. And so I really love it. If they seek out advice and they actively flag it, can I get some other advice? Yes, you can. Yeah. Yeah. But otherwise, no, nah, I'm here to mix the cocktails. And. Perfect. Perfect. And make the yeah make Perfect. the dinner and yeah change the linen and welcome you
0: yes oh you're you're a good mum let me before I I want to talk to you about some of the the other changes that you've made in life but what's your parenting mistake what's the funniest thing about being a parent for you because <laughs> I've got one memory in my mind. Oh, you tell me yours first the and
1: time. then that will jog. That will
0: jog okay. Me. There's just this scene that when the kids were at school, I used to drop them off to school and Henry was in year one and they had to learn the violin and he had his violin in the car and it was taking forever. And Elle was out of the car going, hurry up, Henry, hurry up. And I was just in a rush. I'm always in a rush. So I was trying to close the car door and it wouldn't close and I kept going, why won't this door close? <laughs> and there was, um, it was Elliot's head that she had through the door that she's going, curry up, Henry. And I was crushing her head in the car door.
1: <laughs> You'll find and- none of laughing, actually. I have to laugh now.
0: <laughs> but then the poor little thing, like not just that I was crushing her head in the door, but this boy that she had a crush on was walking past at the time and she was too worried to say, "Mom, stop no. doing that because she didn't want to do it. And I just feel that's just one of those stories. And I do, I'm so sorry, Ellie, I've said that to a hundred times, but I've got a list. I could, I won't go on forever, but I've got a list of bad parenting.
1: Was her head damaged?
0: Oh, uh, she had to take the day off at school. She had bad headaches <laughs> for a while. She did have migraines. Oh my God, was
1: it? I hope it wasn't a um, people mover where you were doing that giant. Where you no, no, no. No, no, it wasn't
0: cut. It wasn't cut yeah. or anything. It was okay. just like wedged in the door.
1: Uh, <laughs> all right. See, so mine is, well, mine was Jack's school ringing me, my eldest son ringing yeah. me one day. My kids were always, always, Catherine, falling over and breaking limbs. Oh, like that handball. Hand 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 oh, yeah, they've had yeah. broken, many broken legs, the broken arm where the the arm was hanging down like a pencil with bones <laughs> coming out, shoulder blades, collarbones, appendicitis, oh, stacks of stuff, you know, wow. like over 22 surgeries between three of them. Wow. Yeah, like traumatic. Anyway, I used to get sick of it. So the Jack School rang me one day and said, he's in sick bay <laughs> and he says to tell you he's done something to his knee. And I just said, can you tell him back? I've had it up to pussy's bow with my really weak children falling over. I'm not interested. And they're like, Kate, you've got to come. I said, no, nah, he can get on the train at the end of the day. I'm sure he'll be fine by then. You know, he came home and he was hobbling and, mum, it really hurts. I just said, nah, sympathy, run out. I can tell it's not broken because I could mm. by then, I could tell if if they had a break because they used to fountain sweat yeah. and I could like, look like a dead fish on, on you know, by the, <laughs> been yeah. Out, yeah, anyway. He didn't look like that. It's not broken. Yeah, He, he hobbled around for months complaining about it. nothing was done finally Felix when we go back to he legitimately had a broken arm that needed four hours of surgery for this massive corkscrew break when I took him back to his checkup with the orthopedic surgeon Jack came with me and the surgeon watches Jack hobbles in and says Jack what's wrong with your knee and I go nothing do not indulge him Adrian, don't. There's nothing wrong with his name. So he feels around and I'll never forget. He like looked over his shoulder at me. He goes, Hey, this knee's stuffed. (laughs) Anyway, he had, Jack did have to have surgery. He had to have 30% of his cartilage cut out because of all the damage incurred by bad mother not listening to him (laughs) at all. So that was a really long story, but the message is if your kid says there's something wrong, yeah, I, you know, yeah. I've got the
0: same, just another quick one with Ellie. She was playing netball and she was at rep netball level and she was complaining about her knees and she wanted to come off win one of the games. And I said, Ellie, you can't, you have to keep playing. And she just stormed off and I said, that's not okay. That's really not good sportsmanship. And she'd been complaining about her knee for ages. She had to have knee reconstruction. Like I said, you get back on and you play. And this went on, same sort of thing. It's just like, don't be soft, knee reconstruction. Okay.
1: See, so what does that say about us? <laughs> yeah. What does it say? <laughs> I mean, also in our children's bad knees. Yes.
0: Yeah. Yes. Tell me, tell me, you've made some big changes in your hmm. life recently. So all over the last, you know, few years, what have some of those changes been?
1: Yeah, so in 2020, I mean, you know, we all had a pretty bad year then. We really did, and I'm certainly not claiming that mine was any worse than anyone else, but I made a really bad job choice, you know, for the first time in, what is it? I started working in 85, fresh from school, so we're talking a long time. I think it was, yeah, 30. you know, 37 years of a pretty blameless, blemish-free, successful career, made a really bad job choice. And it was, you know what, (laughs) I I actually can't go into details because I will will burst into tears. But suffice to say it was a job where uh, every day a giant bell would ring maybe four or five times a day and you would have to stop what you were doing and dance on command like a trained bear and they said it was to celebrate people whereas for me it was just to humiliate people
0: oh, yeah
1: it was that that was just a tiny yeah. example of the powerlessness of the job and of the yeah. organization that that created anxiety and humiliation yeah. in its employees but i had to sit it out for a while because it was covid we were living in victoria there were lockdowns yes. you know i am at my age i'm 55 i work in media you know there were not a ton of jobs <laughs> Waiting to be taken at that time. I'd been divorced so I had a huge mortgage and I really needed to keep working until, you know, until I didn't. There just came a morning where I woke up and thought I'm really going to have a full-blown nervous breakdown here and I don't know if I will be coming back from it. Wow. It was really, really
0: hard. Yeah, I can feel that.
1: I can feel that. Yeah, yeah, the combination of this awful job and the isolation of the life and you know again lots of people were going through bad times and don't claim that I was special but in my head I needed to leave that job so I did in the middle of a pandemic I remember waking up and saying to my husband we're going to leave Melbourne I need to get out of here I need to move down by the beach you know like the sea has always been my happy thing I'm a pretty poor swimmer but give me a boogie board and a bit of a bit of a two meter swell and I can I can mix it with anyone. Oh, wow. So he was amazing. He did not even say, really, should we talk about it? He pretty much just said, great. And we ended up selling our beautiful place in Collingwood, which is in inner Melbourne, in 10 yeah. days in a pandemic.
0: Wow. Which was,
1: yeah, which was wow. incredible. You know, yeah. this, was, this was when, you know, Dire Straits, which is fantastic, bought a place down at the beach outside Geelong a week after that and moved down here. So, you know, city girl pretty much my whole life, and yeah. suddenly I am living in a little little coastal town, although I should say I, I did grow up in Tassie by the beach. My parents used to own a hotel motel in a fishing village on the east coast of Tassie when I was growing up, but, you know, I had lived in Melbourne again since I was 15. Yeah. I think there was a part of me that always wanted to go back to to that quieter life, yeah. uh, not have a job. So for the first time since 1985, I did not have... A full-time job. I wasn't living in the city. I didn't have kids with me. So there were a lot of changes. Yeah, there's a
0: lot going on.
1: Wow. Yeah. So, so
0: the job was not great. So you got to a point where you went, you know what? I'm not going to put up with this anymore. And do you remember that sort of decision making for you? What, what got you through that?
1: It was really interesting. I, I talked with a coach about it and you know, I'm someone who doesn't meditate who doesn't is bored by yoga you know all of that stuff I don't do rituals none of that sort of stuff that that traditional idea of wellness isn't my idea my idea is running and the boogie boarding and reading and chocolate you know that's that's what works for me yeah so it was a bit woo woo even saying a coach but I thought you know why not and he said to me look what you need to do is is write down Do not drink before you do it and you can't type it out. It's got to be handwritten. Write down what you want your life to look like. Nothing nothing Mm -hmm. is too big. Nothing is too small. You know, I want you to. And I said, that just sounds so dicky. You know, like I'm in grad five with my pink glitter pen, like do diary. This is what I would like a puppy. It just sounded really idiotic. But I did it. You know, I paid him for his advice, so I thought I'm going to take it. I'll do it, yeah. Yeah, so I sat down and, you know, I really remember the first thing I wrote, which was I want to – we were living in in Collingwood. We had a three-storey, beautiful apartment, yeah, Yeah, yeah. which was, you know, built out the back of a – Uh, 30s warehouse so it was pretty spectacular but the first thing that came to mind was I want a single story house for my old dog and once I had that fixed everything just sort of flowed from there I ended up sitting there for an hour like writing over three closely written pages. Nothing was too big or too small. I wanted to see my parents, you know, not just on weekends. I wanted to see yeah. them on weekdays instead of having to put aside that special time on the weekend to visit them. You know, it was hilarious. Have better hair. <laughs> you know, do I buy yeah. shoes for a year. Yeah. You know, It was really interesting what came up. And at the end of that, I went back to the coach and said, do you want to hear it? And he said, oh, God, no, 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 no. I never need to see it. That's the point of it. I don't need to mark your work. The point is now you've got it. You know what you want. Now go and make it happen. And it was like, but I've got a house in the city. My husband works in Melbourne, you know, and he said, well, do you want this life or not? Like it is on you. Do you actually want to take action? Do you want it to be a reality? Or are you just going to be another one of those people with the bullshit dreams? I would like to do this. I would like to do that. He said, seriously, this is your life. Like if you want it to happen... So make it happen. It was amazing. It was just like oh love, love. Yes, it was fantastic. So suddenly I was doing all of the things that were on my list, and it's funny, you know, if if my life was a museum, that would be exhibit A. You know, these three pages that I wrote that that formed the basis of the life that I wanted, and you know, I just it was a huge lesson for me, Catherine, where I realized that you know a lot of us have in mind what we want. Yeah. But we don't go get it. You know, it just sits there as a pipe dream where we say, oh, but the kids need to do that or I've got responsibilities or blah, blah, blah. And it was just, it was really exciting for me to think I can have it. I can have what I want. And it hasn't been perfect. There's lots no. of things that, you know, that haven't worked out brilliantly. Like I love it a lot more than my husband does. I think he misses the city, yeah. but it's not forever. You know, like it's a really lovely stage and I've got an apple tree and I'm two minutes from my favourite beach and and my dog has never been happier. So, you know, there's a lot of good stuff that's happened.
0: You know, there's so many powerful bits in there. Probably the the most powerful is that you thought the coach was okay. (laughs) (laughs) Being a coach myself. um, I can recommend. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But the advice, uh, and I'm with you, that... A lot of people have, yeah, but, I can't do it because, like, yeah, but, I'd love to do, yeah, but. And what I also find is that a lot of people don't even know what they want in life. They don't even take that time to
1: think about what life could be like. You know what, yeah. that is absolutely yeah. Yeah. absolutely right and yeah. you know i think maybe you and i've discussed this before yeah. but you know that realization is so powerful because how can you get what you want if you don't yeah. know what you want yeah you know we somehow think that magically our life is yeah. going to unspool yeah. this preordained way and it's all going yeah. to be wonderful and we'll cope with the bits that aren't but it's not how, i mean i've learned that in my 50s Yeah. that is not how it works you know i didn't want to turn around at 70 and say oh actually i didn't Want to live in the city forever, or I, you know, whatever it was. So you are exactly right. It's, and it's funny, we seem to think, sorry, I'll be finishing. No, you're good. It's money that we need to be saving and protecting. You know, we're all saving our super, we're all investing whatever we want. We think that money is the important factor as we get older, but for me, it isn't. It's actually, it's the, it's time. You know, time is the most precious thing that we have. Yeah. And once that's gone, we can't get it back. We can make more money, we can't get more time. And so for me, it was wanting to know what I wanted and then chase it.
0: Yeah. And do you know what? When you say about time, for me, it's also about health. Because if we don't have our health, we can have all the money in the world, we can have all the time in the world, but we're going to be not doing anything with it. And I've, you know, mum passed away when she was young, Um, my dad's recently passed away, and he didn't have good health for the last maybe 20 years. And I'm very, very conscious, and I know you are as well about you know, that health and wellness of looking after this vessel that we're in so we can make the most of life. Yeah.
1: So how does that look for you? What do you do every day, every week? To to I do.
0: I have a very, and I don't want to say strict, but I I do have a morning ritual where I exercise, I move my body. And I must admit the last maybe couple of months I haven't been, I haven't been rowing as much and I haven't been walking. So I'm re- starting that but I do a lot of mindset work and it's about visualizing what my life is like like what my goals are and you know when you were saying that you saw your coach who got you to write stuff down for those of you that are listening I've got my this is my vision book that this is I've looked at is probably about 15 or so years old and it's just got images of what I want my life to be like and this is the next one about the moving down the coast so I'm very envious Kate of your sea change but mine's in the pipe pipeline as well so okay so I have visual representation I do actually think about what I want my life to be like and what I want myself to be like and it's also about lots of gratitude lots of so for me it's mindset Mm. it's body as well and health. So I'm very conscious about even, you know, Reese peanut butter cups are good for you, but I'm very conscious about what I put into my, my body. And that's not just food and, and drink, but it's also about messages and stuff like that energy mm. around it. So I don't know what's it look like for you? What's your health wellness preparing for the future look like?
1: Yeah, well, I'm, I am like you, I'm playing the long game and you yeah. actually said to me when we were having a conversation about happiness because that's something yeah. that you and I both have yeah. a real interest in and our yeah. own sort of formula for and I remember you yeah. saying, look, there will be another chapter, but it might be three chapters or four chapters ahead yeah. of the book. You yeah. know, like don't expect that you you can get everything that you want yep. immediately. Yeah. You know, like that's not how it works. Yeah. But that's not to say that you can't work towards it, and it's three chapters away. And I loved it when you said that because you know that's that is pretty much what I do. I remember, you know, I've always have I always been pretty healthy. No, I probably haven't. Don't, you know, I haven't. no, I probably haven't. When the kids were younger, I used to do a morning walk five days a week with a girlfriend and thought that that was pretty good, you know, and it was. We used to have a really great debrief, but nothing sort of more than that. And then as the kids got older, I remember Jack's 15th birthday photo where we were all standing in front of the rabbit hutch for some reason, an odd choice of backdrop. But I remember getting that photo and thinking, oh, my hair looked really good, but my arms looked really fat. And it was a funny sort of awakening moment for me where it was like, what it was you know it was that yeah. weird moment and I joined a gym next week and yeah. you know have been going ever since so that's nearly 15 years yeah um I do gym five mornings a week oh wow um, Good. yeah Good. I love oh well that's my meditation you know yeah. that yeah, no, and don't. for me it's not because I I love it I mean, I get obsessed by it. I don't love it, and I don't yeah. like running, but I make yeah. myself run. Yeah. I don't love it, but for me now the benefits are that I, you know, well, the goal is that I'm around for another 30 years of exactly. really good health, yeah. of really good health. I don't want yeah. it to be mediocre health. I don't want, you know, I, I want it to be, I want to be bursting with rude health when I'm a, a grandmother. Yes. Um, Yeah, so for me, it is just about protecting my body. Plus, I love my body. I absolutely love it. There is nothing about it that I don't worship. I would never, ever, ever say, you know, I hate my stomach or I hate this or I hate that. Yeah, God knows my stomach is... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> you know, it's got that little sort of three yeah. cesarean baby shelf on it. I've got saggy boobs, even though I've had them rebuilt. You know, <laughs> I've still got sort of tubby arms. It's not about that. Like, I no. don't care. Really, the visuals are unimportant for me. It's it's the fact that this body has made three children. It's carried me through life for 55 years. It's fed children. You know, it's still going strong. I, I want to value and treasure it. So I you love know, that so much. Well, it's yeah. just what it is. Yeah. So for me, you know, it looks like it, you know, I, I exercise to keep it fit, not to look a certain way. Yeah. And yeah, I adore my body. So whatever it wants, and if that is Cadbury peppermint chocolate, yeah. oh my God, I give that's yeah. I give that to it. If it just wants salmon five nights a week, that's what it has. Whatever it looks like, I really, really listen to my body. And it's funny that we're we're chatting today when I actually have COVID. I finally yeah. have COVID. And you know, we were discussing yesterday whether or not we would still do this. And I said to you, I feel really great. The only thing is that I feel, I feel tired. And so even though I. Don't have any, any other symptoms other than a bit of tiredness. I took yesterday off and, and lay down and did some tapestry, just thinking, all right, my body's telling me something. I'm going to listen to it instead of that whole, no, I'm going to, I'm going to brush through it. It's going to be fine. So for me, it is about giving, worshipping my body and giving what it wants.
0: Kate, because my, my story's different to that. I, I, I have had, you know, body image you know, put on a lot of weight, uh, mm-hmm. you know, every diet, I have think I've tried it, you know, you look up in the dictionary, emotional eating, and you'd see my name there. And a lot of it has been about that visual of the body and not liking my body. And I think it's probably only been the last, oh, I couldn't even put maybe five ish years, and I'm 55, we're the, the same, it's it's only been in the recent years, mm-hmm. that I could say, I do actually love my body. But there's still bits, and I say that with hesitation. You say it with confidence. And when you, we were chatting yesterday, when you, when you said you weren't, that you had COVID and you said, I'm really honouring my recovery because we don't know what this virus does to us long term. And I'm really making sure that I spend time to recover well. And I just loved hearing that because there are so many people that I meet who are still, you know, Online has been great for us because it's opened up a lot of opportunities, but it's also been a real curse because people are sick but they're still showing up. There's this expectation that they have to show up and work mm-hmm. instead of recover. So I loved you saying that yesterday. And, you know, we made that pact that if you weren't well this morning that we would reschedule. And I'm, you know, I'm so glad <laughs> that we're talked talked about, about where
1: our jam is. Yeah, see so that's yeah. I'm yeah. so When I hear that about you and your body image, like I get it and it hurts my heart, you know, and I'm so sorry that you had to go through that. And I understand that my experience in saying I love my body is unusual, especially for women. I love hearing it. I I accept that it's unusual and I don't mean to sort of, crow over that and no. say look how evolved I no. am that I can say no. that you know, I was the tubby girl certainly until maybe I was 20 you know I, and I never sort of look at my body and think it's anything other than serviceable yeah, um, yeah but yeah. that's what I want it to be yeah, that yeah. I don't need it to be thin I don't need it to be sexy I don't need it to be anything other than really serviceable yeah. and useful and practical and that's why I love it because it just doesn't let me down yeah, so when I yeah. say that, I love the usefulness of it. It's like a really great pair of scissors or something like that <laughs> that you know are always going to be reliable. And that's why I, I look after it as much as I can and listen to it. But, yeah, anyone, you know, anyone who is listening who does have those body image problems, you know, I hear you and I, and I get you and I understand how difficult it is when we yeah, are yeah. held up to unrealistic standards yes. of beauty our whole life. You know, yes. I used yeah. to work for... God, for over twenty years at Who magazine, um, which mm. was the best job I ever had. It was incredible. But, you know, I've seen how much effort goes into airbrushing stunning models and superstars. I've seen that they take you know, 12 hours of airbrushing to get them cover ready. Yeah. You know, no most people don't see that. Those people don't look fantastic yeah, without yeah. a whole lot of work, a whole lot of airbrushing yeah. and a whole team of people behind them. Yeah. So it's... um. But do you know what I find, Kate? I really
0: love, and you've said this, something that stood out for me a number of times when we chat is that you have that healthy... Self-esteem, like when you talk about your body, I find that really inspiring to, to hear you say that because often when we're around people that are speaking negatively about themselves, that's not cool either. Like I, I get why people do it, but I think that if we can shift that, the way we look at things, change the perspective. And I'm, there was a couple of conversations, you know, Kate, Kate is the super duper journalist and is extraordinary at what she does and when we were talking I can't even remember the conversation but you you owned that you were just like yeah I'm good at what I do and I loved hearing it because we often don't hear people saying that about themselves either and I think that's also been part of my journey is that not owning my gifts or not acknowledging and there are things that when I look in I just get so much inspiration from you because you
1: oh that's
0: yeah <laughs> <laughs> it's it's beautiful for people to hear that too and not to just hear the oh yeah buts
1: well again and that's not because I'm trying to pump up no my no, no not just, at all you know, like, for me, I think, in certainly in Australia, remember when you were little and kids would say, oh, you love yourself. Yeah. And that was, like, one of the worst things yes. they could say yeah. to you, along yeah. with, oh, your egg sandwiches stink or whatever it was. You know, yeah. like, you, you couldn't possibly love yourself or, it, yeah. It, yeah. you know, it was a bad thing. And I absolutely grew up with that. But, no, I, I do. I yeah, do love myself. I love it. I mean, I it starts it. with us. If if we don't love ourselves, yeah. then how does that make us lovable for other people? Exactly, um, yeah. Yeah, and, well, look, I am good at what I do, and I yeah. was really good at breastfeeding. They're like my, I can read, <laughs> I can write, and I can just breastfeed the hell out breastfeeding they were my sort of life achievements but I think that you do have to have that confidence I mean have you Catherine ever summered in been to Italy or to Greece in summer okay we'll see for me that is just just so inspirational when you go to Positano or wherever and you have looked down at yourself that morning and thought oh I've put on three kilos on this trip do my bathers still fit and you feel a bit self-conscious and you (laughs) get down there and there's all the nomas Who are sitting by the water in their bikinis. There is no one piece going on. They're all in their bikinis and they're eating gelati by the water. They are, you know, laughing. They're sitting with all their mates. There is absolutely no sort of self-consciousness about their bodies other than isn't life incredible and you know I find I you know I first went to Europe in 88 when I was 20 or 21 you know and I've been back since and every time I go to a beach just so I can soak up the lessons of those beautiful European women who I just have so much you know it is it's just confidence that their body is doing a job and and You know, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna wear a bikini if I want to. I don't, I'm, I'm not gonna be self-conscious about it. My mum is 44 kilos. She's the tiniest little woman you've ever seen and she is constantly going on, you know, I say, let's go on a holiday. I couldn't possibly put, uh, put bathers on. You know, I'm too fat for that. So Mm. I grew up with a mum who was very much the opposite that I am. And maybe that's why I'm, maybe, maybe that's why. yeah, Yeah, I will be in a bikini. And in fact, it's in my list of funeral instructions that I am buried in my favourite black sea folly bikini, like oh, very yes. sad for the, um, you know, for the undertaker who has to prepare me because I hope I'll be 95 at that stage. But, yeah, I'm going out in my in my favourite black bikini because it says much more about who I am than any sort of dignified love, dress.
0: Love that. I love that. I need to uh, – I haven't thought about my funeral instructions, but I reckon I'm going to – Maybe I'm aiming for 96, and I'll be in a nursing home doing the line dancing session, and I'm just going to drop over when I'm. Well, dancing. I'm coming to your nursing yeah.
1: home because yeah, yeah, I will be. Do, I will be, yeah. do, be doing that with you. Yeah, but yeah, Can't we make our children look after us, and they can run the line dancing classes for us? Well, that We've could put be. put in too. a lot of That's time cool. with those kids.
0: I've got an image though of the line dancing instructor that I'm going to be dropping in.
1: <laughs> oh, I wasn't sure what you are going to say then about the line dancing instructor. You were going to pass him behind the kitchen Maybe,
0: maybe. Sorry, John, I hope you're not listening to this one. He'll be, maybe he's the line dancing instructor. Maybe he's the line dancing. He'll be, he'll be a hundred so, You know
1: what? That sounds unreal. And then we can segue yeah. into a bit of the nut bush.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah.
1: Oh, gorgeous. This has kind of
0: brought us to the end of our chat. And before we close, what's next
1: for you? What's future Kate look like? Oh, future Kate, that's such a great oh. question. I want to, I'm not sure, you know, I started my business last year and it's going really well, but I'm still yeah. not quite sure what I want to be when I grow up. Like yeah. I'm still sort of tossing that up. Is this what I want to do or is there some way that I can actually add more value to the world because you know, my job so far feels very much like it's been about entertaining people rather than actually providing anything useful. And again, sure no, I'm not going to go. Yeah, I don't know that it has. So I think that I'm looking for something a bit more, a bit more meaningful. Yeah. So I think that's what it is, whatever that looks like.
0: Maybe what you could do is get your notebook out and just start thinking about what that could look like. Do you know what I do just in closing is get people to think about how do they want to feel in the different stages, you know, areas of life. So not necessarily looking at I'm going to be a blah or I'm going to do, but how do I want to feel? Mm -hmm. Because sometimes when we get really focused on the what, it's not really doesn't bring about the joy that we that we want to experience so if you want to feel a certain way then the universe will often present us with things and sometimes we expect those and sometimes we don't and it probably doesn't really matter because if we've got those feelings then life's pretty good.
1: See I love that and it's times like these where I remember oh that's right she's a really great coach because I always see you as this beautiful friend that I can blah 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 about Yeah. It's about whatever yeah. we want to talk yeah. about and uh, I love your own makeup, tell me what it is, all yes. that stuff. Yeah. yeah, so you take me by surprise sometimes when I think, oh, that is right, she's an excellent, excellent, <laughs> excellent coach. Thank you,
0: but that's, yeah. That
1: okay, no, Gina, okay. Catherine, that makes perfect sense, and I think that's what I mean when I say that I yeah. want it to be something useful. I've got that sort of yeah. feeling, but I can't yeah. quite solidify it yet. It's like a sort of a ghostly thing that's floating around. Yeah.
0: And just let it unfold. I think if you try and force that sort of stuff, then you're, you're forcing something that's probably not going to give you the, what you want in the end. So just trust and let that unfold. And that's part of it, you know, to, to get those little feelings, those, those feelings, the, the senses, the, there might be little yeah. images you get or synchronicities that you bump into somebody and they mention something and you go, oh, actually, that feels good to me it's about when it feels good that's a signal for me to go yeah I'll put a little bit more effort into
1: yeah okay this, yeah so that's how you that's how you're addressing your future happiness absolutely. which is what it's all about
0: absolutely yeah absolutely okay. for me it's about how do I want to feel and I sort of divide my life up into different areas like my, my work so I'm still working I'm I've Probably will be working while I'm still line dancing with that guy in the nursing well, home. Me too, yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. You know, my family, my friends, my contribution, spirituality is a big thing for me as well. So my connection with my, my higher self and source, you know, my money and stuff that I have. So I think about how do I want to feel in each of those areas and what am I going to commit to doing to, so I can have those feelings and what am I going to commit to not doing? <laughs> so it's almost like a bit of it, in all honesty, Kate, it's like my terms and conditions for life and what do I want it to be like and how do I want to feel and what will I do? So when I think about my health and well-being, that I am very conscious to move and to be active, that I won't put pressure on myself if I don't get out and exercise one day. I'm not gonna beat myself up. I'm not gonna say those shitty things to myself that I used to say, Oh, you're no good because you can't even, you know, you said you're gonna do it and you can't stick to it. It's just like, well, do you know what, today that's okay. And and so it's kind of shifting that there's a lot of habits I think that I've that I've created over the the years that have helped me to sort of keep in that, keep on track with things. Mm. Yeah. So I love that. Yeah. Cool. All right, beautiful. I think we'll bring this to a close. But I'm so oh gosh, where can people find you? Where can people find you?
1: Oh, they can find me at www.badmothermedia.com.
0: Yeah, beautiful. And yeah. Instagram, if they're looking for you on Instagram, that's bad mother media.
1: <laughs> yeah, bad mother media or Kate Halfpenny. Kate yeah, Halfpenny.
0: I have, yes. yes.
1: Both mm. accounts. I'm a really bad social media poster, which is ironic given my industry. But, yes, I write a column every week for The Age in the Sydney Morning Herald and I write a lot about my life in that. Yeah. And so by the end of it, I, you know, I kind of feel a bit, I don't really <laughs> want to yes. Yes. No, I get it. Yeah, I it's get like, that. It's yeah, it's a funny situation. Yeah, it's one of those things I need to get better at.
0: Or not. Or not. Or not. I, I think when you put I need to do something – I'm not sure that that's what, I don't like that word need or should.
1: Are you coaching me again? No, not at all. <laughs> Do you know what? You're exactly right. Goodbye, my beautiful friend. Love and you. Thanks love for you. Listening. Thank, thank, you thank, thank you so, so much me. for love that. You too. Yeah. See ya. See ya.
0: Thank you for listening. I hope you enjoyed the episode. You can spread the love by sharing it with a friend so she can have a little bit of what we had today. And don't forget to rate and review so we can get it into as many hearts and ears as possible. You can keep the conversation going on my Happiness Hive socials. And if you'd like some more high vibe happiness in your life, come and join me in our community of inspired and motivated women at the Happiness Lounge. This is my online membership club and your central hub for everything you will need to be truly happy and bounce out of bed every day living and loving your best and most beautiful life. To find out more, pop over to the Happiness Hive website and click on the link working with Catherine. Until next time, big hugs and happiness.